The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast NBA Edition. I'm your host, Matt Moore, joined today by Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer. What's up, fellas? Life is good. Moving through the NBA season, flying by, so I'm happy. (laughs) I am happy. I am cold. It dropped below zero degrees here in sunny North Dakota on Saturday, and it will not go back above zero until at least next Wednesday. So I'm trying to stay warm. We do this weird thing in North Dakota where when it gets too cold, they actually shut the heat off so that it doesn't drop the electricity out. So yeah, there's no heat on right now, and I'm bundled up and ready to podcast. Okay, well, that's just awful in all sorts of ways that you're in sub-zero without heating. That's just awful. I also want to note that Raheem Palmer is the first person in literally, what, uh, 12 months now to say life is good. Congratulations, Raheem. (laughs) You are the first person since the pandemic began to say life is good. Gotta be positive, man. On today's show, we will talk about our marquee event, which is going to be a fun one related to All-Star. We will talk about What's making me feel like I'm taking crazy pills with something to do with the Washington Wizards. And we'll give you our best bets for the week as well as we'll go back to the future. But let's start this week with our marquee. Brandon, again, back-to-back weeks with an excellent idea. All-Star season is right around the corner. All-Star voting has begun. We have the first returns in. Lots of deserving names. Also, you know, the usual cast of why. Why are people voting for this person? We are going to do an all-star draft and we are going to go ahead and roll through who we think are the top 15 players in the NBA based off of our selections at the end. We'll see who's got the best starting five, no conferences for this selection. I'm also going to make the stipulation of no positions for the selection. So I just think it's a lot better to work out that way in terms of who are the actual best players, because look, what are centers in today's NBA? If you're not Embiid or Jokic, or I guess Rudy Gobert, like, Really, what are they? So, we're going to get kick-started with our all-star draft. Let's start with Brandon Anderson. All right, so first pick on the board, I got to go with the guy that I think has been the best player in the NBA this season, the guy that I think should be the MVP right now, though I don't think he would be, but I'm going with Nikola Jokic. It's an all-star game. I want to have some fun. If you're building a fun all-star team and a good one, you want somebody that's going to pass the ball around, get everyone going. Like that's the most important thing in an all-star game is get some good passers out there. You got a ton of talent. There's going to be plenty of scoring. Jokic is doing plenty of scoring too, but I think he's been the best player in the league so far this season. The way that he's elevating Denver, I mean, I guess it, it feels like he's not elevating Denver because the Nuggets seem so stuck in the middle, but there's just not a lot else happening there. And he's doing so much with so little help comparatively right now to some of the others. So he's my top guy. It's a good pick. Jokic, it's always funny kind of in the all-star game. I think initially when he first made it, guys were like, okay, he's like a center and we're not going to really do much with him. And then it seemed like last year guys were like, oh, this guy throws awesome passes. Let's just give him the ball and let him do weird stuff. And uh, I think that that the players enjoyed playing with him last year, which I think is interesting, Um, which is good since none of them will ever, ever sign with Denver as free agents. 
So I think that's a pretty good pick. Raheem, who's your first uh, selection for our all-star draft? I'm going with LeBron James. I mean, for me, I mean, this is this is a guy who's probably on the verge of being the greatest of all time. LeBron James, oldest starting player in the NBA. You know, he's only averaging 25 points a game this year, but he just he's getting better and better. I mean, this is a guy who's shooting a career high 39.8 percent from three. You know, we thought this guy would take a step back um, in his old age. And we thought he'd take a step back after the bubble. And this guy is just out there closing games. I mean, Anthony Davis has been hurt. He's taking games off. LeBron is playing every game, and he's just out there, and he's leading his team, and I think he's eventually going to become the MVP of this league for his fifth time. So I'm rolling with LeBron. I mean, I think in an all-star game, he's one of the most fun players you can see. He's going to be throwing oops. He's going to be passing to people. He's going to be dunking. I'm taking LeBron with my first pick. Have you bet LeBron won MVP yet? I didn't. One of my friends actually talked me out of it. And it's one of my biggest regrets. I don't know that I believe you because the way you've been pumping him up, I think you're trying. I think you're trying to Dogecoin this a little bit. I think you're trying to GameStop this a little bit. <laughs> Try, trying to try to push him up there. I love the numbers last night. They're interesting. Numbers are interesting. Look, the third best player in the league is Joel Embiid, or third best selection after those two. Like I think he's probably been the MVP so far. That would be my guy. That's a, that's, a, that's a very stupid question. There's no issue. We're good. We just didn't win. I'm not taking him in this spot. It's an all-star game. And granted, don't get me wrong, nobody's going to double team in the all-star game, so at least MB can keep the ball. But I don't think that this is like – if I'm building an all-star team, I don't want to start with Embiid. I don't want to start with post-ups and fadeaways and that kind of stuff. Like that's, That to me is not entertaining. So I am taking – Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors, number one. Um, look, Steph has obviously been an all-star this season, putting up huge numbers when he has huge games. His other games are good-ish. You know, leading the Warriors, it, it, he's doing a pretty good job if, with the first time that it's actually kind of hard for him to, to win games. I think since he kind of rose to prominence, everything else has been so easy for him. So he's been amazing. He'll put up threes from the logo. The crowd will ooh and ah. Uh, I'm taking Steph Curry. Matt Moore hates Steph Curry. Yeah, I was hoping you're going to leave Steph for me for the exact same reason. Embiid is clearly the next deserving player if we're trying to go that way, but it's an all-star game. Dave DeFore on Twitter last night put up a stat. Steph Curry in his first 25 games, that 2015-16 season, that's the 24-1 start. 32 points a game, 52-46-91 shooting, 5.1 threes a game. This season, through the same 25 games, 29.6 points a game, only down by about two points, 49-43-93 shooting, 4.8 threes a game. So basically a slightly less, uh, slight less like one shot per game from what I have called the greatest Mm -hmm. offensive season in history. I got to stop you. Hang on. No, no, no. We can't like those numbers. You can't like, I, I love Dave. No, like the 50, 40, 90 part matters. The two more points a game matters. Like I'm with you. He's been great, but like, I got to be real narrow. The reason I got to be, be careful on this, Brandon, is if he put up the numbers that he put up in 2016, he has to be MVP. Like, it doesn't matter if the Warriors win 20 games. If Steph does that again, he has to win MVP, but he's not doing that this season. I'm fine with being like, hey, he's still been awesome. Leave 2016 alone. We're ne- like, I don't know anybody's ever going to touch that. And I'm very big on the idea of never's a long time. Like, 
I can't imagine anyone ever shooting that many threes on that high high of percentage ever. Still obviously an all-star though. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. He's it's he's not touching that season. The fact that it can even you can even cherry pick some stats and put them in a tweet to look somewhat like that season still speaks volumes, I think. So uh, for my pick, I'm going to use similar logic to Matt. I'm going to leave Joel Embiid out there. I thought about taking Embiid and Jokic and just moving Jokic to point guard, gets an all-star game, and who cares? But instead, I'm going to go with the greatest second banana in NBA history, Kevin Durant. That's at it. Kevin Durant, he's, just, he's a good all-star player. He, we already know the whole thing with Kevin Durant is you put him with any amount of talent and he fits with everyone. He's going to hit the open shots. He plays with everyone. He makes every team better. The Kevin Durant Revenge Tour. I don't know you could find a team in NBA history that wouldn't be better by adding Kevin Durant to wherever they have a spot in the lineup. Durant's my pick, and with Jokic and Durant, it's a pretty fun, easy team to build around. You know, this is trash that we're not doing a snake draft. <laughs> now he's mad about it. <laughs> I mean, like Kevin Durant right now, he's on the verge for a 50-40-90 season off a, off a torn Achilles. Like, I mean, it's crazy. There's not... It's just insane. So, <laughs> who's your number two, Raheem? My number two, I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I don't think he's having like the MVP season that Brandon told us he was going to have. But I just, I mean, for me, if I'm if I'm if I'm building a team and I can start off with LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, that's what I'm going to do. Like, <laughs> I'm building a team. I got my wings taken care of. <laughs> Okay. All right. I mean, I respect it. Kawhi's obviously like a longtime all-star. I respect, I respect that move. I can't, I can't knock that. Um, you guys are making me take Embiid and I don't want to, so I'm not going to, I am going to take, I heard this pronunciation of his name the other day and I, I really liked it on the Nets broadcast uh, or on NBA TV rather. Yanis Antetokounmpo is my second selection. I got Steph. I got Giannis. We're going to run pick and roll with Giannis going for lobs all day long. I've got athleticism. I can play him at the four or the five. I feel pretty good about that. Look, the Bucks have started to look like the Bucks a lot more over the last two weeks. Like they look like the Bucks again. And Giannis is still one of the most impactful players in the league. He's still an all NBA defender. He's still putting up huge points. Uh, the Nuggets, I thought they did a really good job on him in the first half. And then the second half, he was dominant alongside Chris Middleton. So I'm going to take Yannis Antetokounmpo for my second pick. I got Steph and Giannis. Brandon, who do you want? So one thing I noticed as I uh, ridiculously made like a top 35 ranked list for this draft that was far unnecessary, but I noticed that in my top 10 selections, I only had two guards in there. <laughs> How did we get here? We're in 2021. And we've turned this into a big man league, or at least, you know, size always matters in the NBA. So at least we've got a lot of forwards, more point forwards going on. But the only two guards that were in my top 10, and to be fair, Dame was one spot away, could easily be 10 on my list. But I'm going with Luka Doncic, my only other guard than Steph Curry that's in my top 10. Uh, I mean, I get to pair Doncic with Jokic. We're going international here. Kevin Durant, you know, he can fit wherever. He's not international. Baltimore, close enough. So Doncic, 28-9-9. I know we're disappointed with Dallas this season. We should be. I am. They're not what they're supposed to be. I'm not disappointed with Luka Doncic. I think that we need to do a better job of recognizing that one player, one elite player 
on his own can't make a great or even good NBA team sometimes. And he just hasn't been getting enough help from other players. Porzingis is going to get healthier. They're getting their other guys back now. I think Dallas will get better. Dallas has been disappointing. I don't think Luka has been that disappointing. He's still been pretty awesome. Happy to take him. Can one elite player shoot better than 30% from three? Because I, I would like yeah. to do that. Can, I mean, can an elite player show up to the regular season in shape? How can he not be disappointing? He's shooting 31% from three and he hasn't shown up in shape. What What other guards other than Steph Curry have been better this season than Luka Doncic? Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Yeah, Zach Levine. Even if I give you Damian, that's still two in the entire NBA. I mean, are we Absolutely sure Donovan not. Mitchell hasn't been better? Ooh. Absolutely not. Ooh, I don't know. That's a... I mean, that, let's be real. Right now, Luka Doncic is basically the European James Hart. It's a compliment, but at the same time, it's also a matter of volume. He's just having the volume scoring, the volume assists, volume rebounds. So, to me, he's not. he hasn't been as good as his stats say he is. So, you said Donovan Mitchell. I know that we all remember how bad Luka Doncic was shooting, especially at the start of the season. He's not been great, but he's been better since then. Donovan Mitchell's first eight games, we all forget now because since those eight games, the Jazz are 16-1, and one, but those still count. That's still a third of the season. In those eight games, Donovan Mitchell, 49% true shooting, 95 offensive rating to 115 defensive rating. He was bad for a third of the season so far. That counts. Those eight games count. Doncic, you know, he's got to shoot better. I, I really thought coming into the bubble last year, I was expecting his shooting maybe would go up because – you know, I was looking for what other thing could he do as a young player to make a leap with all that time off. And it's been disappointing to not see the shooting be there. It's got to get better. It, you know, every super duper star player has that one thing that they've really got to work on to make the leap. And I think that's clearly his. Uh, his defense has improved a lot this year, which has been nice. But yeah, it's going to have to get better. Brandon Anderson is a hater. Okay. So he's taking Luca. Raheem, who are you taking? Uh, this is so hard for me. Um, he hasn't necessarily shown it this year, but I got to go with him. I mean, I'm taking Anthony Davis. God. Anthony Davis is no doubt one of the, the, the best 10 players in the league to me. Um, now, he's been hurt. I mean, the Lakers are coasting. But if I'm building a roster, I got LeBron James. I got Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. I just don't I don't see anybody beating me. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with him. <laughs> Fine, I'll take Embiid. <laughs> Backed me into a corner. I can't not take him. It's insulting that he fell this far. Fine. He is, in my opinion, the MVP right now. I guess we're drawing free throws in the all <laughs> is what we're doing. I will say this, like, it's very typical for me that I've taken two of the defensive, best defensive players on the board, Giannis and, and Joel, that it's like, there's no place for defense in an all-star game, and yet here I am. I'm just like, oh, boy, let's grab these defensive guys. At least I didn't take Gobert. That's the only upside. Brandon, let's go to your fourth pick. You got Nikola, Durant, and <laughs> Doncic. Exercise Harden. <laughs> I still say that's a compliment. So I'm not going to take Harden here. I was just looking. I'm wondering if any of us are going to take him. I don't know if we want him in our starting five all-star lineups. I think I'm going to go with Dame here. Yeah. I need another <sighs> guard. And I know you guys need guards. I Dame helps me a little less than he would help your teams. So we're playing a little defense here. My team is lessing the court. We're playing like the full entire half court offense. We're spacing out everywhere. Dame, Luka, Durant, Jokic. We're good. Okay. 
I'm All very right. angry because I wanted the poor man Steph on my team. <laughs> <laughs> poor man Steph feels insulting to him at this point. It uh, is. <laughs> no, I, I like your balance though, right? Like you've got you've got shooting with Durant and Lillard. You've got playmaking with Jokic and Doncic. Like your team is probably going to be the most fun. Like right now, you have the most fun All Star team, which that's the whole point of the All Star game is to have fun and make money for the league, apparently, for no apparent reason during the pandemic. Um, Raheem, who's your fourth pick? You got LeBron, Kawhi, and Anthony Davis. You have a very serious all-star team. That's that's yours. Is your, you have very serious, like very serious players that are winners. That's your that's your whole thing. I'm going with the league's leading score. I'm going with Bradley Bill. Oh, I, I like it. Shooting. I got some shooting there. Um, you know, I wanted to go with Dame, but I already have – playmaking in LeBron James. Um, I have defense with Anthony Davis and, and Kawhi Leonard. I need shooting. And I, I think this guy, you know, he fits perfect next to LeBron. Um, he gives me that spacing. I mean, now he finally has a, a, a capable team to play with. I think he's been one of the best, you know, 15 players in the league this year. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't been freed and he's playing with a, a bad roster. Hopefully they free him at some point. Bradley Bill's my fourth pick. <laughs> I like it. I like it very much. Everybody can hit the three on this team now. Not anymore. No, AD's numbers are back down to his career levels this season. He can't hit the three, which is the whole thing. He can't hit three-pointers unless he's in the bubble in the playoffs when he shot like five, 50% from three. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm still kind of mad about it. It's not that the Lakers wouldn't have won. I still think the Lakers yeah. would have won the cha- championship, but a big reason that they went, what, 4-4-5? Four, 4-4-4? Four, 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 no, 4-4-5. Four, four, four. They went 5-5-5-6. They went five, 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 six. That's right. The big reason that they did that, though, was like Anthony Davis raining threes. And I did not think that, that was sustainable whatsoever. He was like almost like 50% from mid range, too. Yeah, it was ridiculous how well he shot. Yeah, that. it was like insane. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, he, he benefited from the bubble as much as anybody, I think, uh, last season. All right. Yeah, I'm doing it. It's my all star team. I get to do it. I'm taking Zach Levine. That's right. I'm doing it. I'm taking Ooh. Zach Levine. Okay, listen to me. Hear me out. Hear me out. 27 points. Five boards, five assists. The shooting numbers people do not believe. 51-41. That's his shooting percentages this season, along with 86% from the stripe. Like, Levine has been great. Like, his playmaking has been really solid. He has tried to play in the flow of the offense. His mid-range has taken the jump that he worked on so much last year, but he's also shooting the three greats. Zach Levine's a three-level scorer. I think he has played absolutely phenomenal. Plus, I get to have a dunk contest champion in-game for the All-Star team. I think it's going to be great. I'm taking Zach Levine. I can't support that pick. Coward. Hell, you're just a goddamn coward. You won't have sons of bitches who are afraid to fight stinking up this place of honor. You hear me? You goddamn coward! I would not put Zach Levine on the actual East All-Star team. I don't think he is a top 12 player in part because I think that the East actually is is not quite as strong at the very top as the West. Uh, on my on my vaunted list that I came up with, I have 12 of the top 20 players are East players and none of those are Levine. Levine came in like five or 10 spots below that, obviously gets a little muddied from there. He's been great. This is clearly his best season. He's still not as old as it seems because he's been playing for a while, but he's like 25, I think. His shooting is incredible. I'd love to see some trade offers go up, especially if whoever doesn't get Beal or if Beal is not available. I hope that they go for Levine. 
I don't know that he's going to scale as well on on a good team like an all star team, for example. You're a hater. You're just an know. absolute hater. <laughs> rude. I am a hater. A hater. I'm ready to be done with him. I'm ready to move on. He's been really good this season. He's been really good this season. He's given good effort. He's been great this season. season. Terrific this season. I'll give him credit. There's just been other better players in the East. Okay, tell me this. Give me five better guards in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the the guards part is hard. Okay, so Beal, obviously, Trey Young. I'm taking Kyrie Irving. I'm not taking Trey Young. Not taking nope. Trey, not taking Kyrie. Got to play games. Kyrie took two weeks off to go to a spiritual retreat. Like, what are we saying? Kyrie Irving doesn't talk to pawns. <laughs> uh, I'd say Ben Simmons. Says, I don't know if he counts as a guard, but hasn't I, had a I great love season. That looks pretty unhappy. The the guards aren't great. I don't know if I don't know if I have a fifth here. Then Levine take is, it back. Take it back. Say he belongs on the All Star team. I want your. I want you to say it. Say Zach Levine's an Eastern Conference All Star. Zach. Somebody. Some of these sites are counting Jalen Brown as a guard. Oh yeah, Jalen Brown. I'm counting him as a guard for sure. All right, all right, Raheem. Let's go to your. Uh, let's see. Wait, I think I'm up still. Oh yeah, you're up. You got your last pick. You got, you got you got you got Joker. You got KD. You got Luca. You got Dame. Yeah, so I'm just gonna go with the next highest guy on my list because I think he deserves a spot as a top 15 player. I think he should be an All NBA player. Well, I guess I have to look at positioning on that. But I'm taking the top guy on my board, and that for me is Chris Middleton. 21 like points, six rebounds, six assists. He's shooting 52, 45, 94 in the season. He's another one of those guys somewhat like Durant and that he's just going to be able to shoot and play in my lineup. And like he on an all-star team, he can take the shots that are there, but he's not going to take anything off the table. By the way, I thought Beal was a great pick too. Beal is a really good all-star type guy like Durant that you can just put on any team and it makes team building so easy. I think Middleton fits well. I got him one spot over Paul George on an all-star team like this. I'd rather have Middleton than George. And yeah, that's my pick. I'm so glad that you took Middleton because I want Paul George. I mean, <laughs> big shout out to um, Jeremiah Engelman, um, creator of Real Plus Minus. Paul George is fourth in Real Plus Minus this year. It feels like every single NBA player is having a 50-40-90 season because Paul George is having one too, um, and he's actually scoring board and Chris Middleton. Um, I love Paul George this year. I think he, he's come back from the bubble and he's been rejuvenated. Um, you know, he's he's hitting the three. He's playing defense. He's scoring. Um, he, he got hurt recently. Um, you know, he had some time with the, the – um, he had the um, – he was out for the, the COVID um, – protocols but to me I, I i think he's been one of the top 15 players in this league he's carried the clippers along with Kawhi. um so i i don't see any, any of you guys teams beating me with my defense and my scoring <laughs> as long as your guys actually decide to try that night yeah yeah i mean you got you got a lot of firepower you got the clippers you've got the you just took the clippers and the lakers and beal Let's not act like you were like <laughs> inventive or like super creative here. You didn't like, oh man, I have selected. You took the Clippers and the Lakers plus Beal. That's all you did. Okay, that's all that first, you got. First three picks. Do you guys remember when for like I forget how long, like a twenty-four hour news cycle? You know, so Raheem started with LeBron, Kawhi, and Anthony Davis. Do you remember for like twenty-four hours when we were all worried that Kawhi might actually join the Lakers oh, with man. those two? 
Yeah. What, a, oh what an absolute disaster that would have been for the league. They would have just demolished people. Just absolutely annihilated. Okay. Oh, this is tough for me. There's a few more bolts on the table. It's Laurie Marketing. <laughs> Better than, than Chris Epps. Um, <laughs> all right. So I just want to state for the record that Donovan Mitchell is more deserving. DeMar DeRozan is more deserving. Zion is probably more deserving. Jalen Brown is absolutely more deserving. But I'm taking Julius Randle. Wow. What? <laughs> wow. I'm taking Julius Randle. Do you have any idea how disrespectful that is? Look. Wow. Look, 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 look. look. I love Matt. <laughs> look, 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 look. Go through this. Okay, 22 points a game, 11 boards a game, six assists a game, shooting 47% from the field, shooting 38% from three, my guy, Julius. Little T-Rex arms. Shooting 38% from three this season. Julius Randle has made the Knicks respectable. That is more impressive than anything Anthony Davis has done this season. That is more impressive than anything Luka Doncic has done this season. That is more impressive than anything Bradley Beal has done this season. Julius Randle has made the Knicks competitive. Also, biggest thing, he has one of the best closeout rates of contest in the league, according to Second Spectrum, and I love closeouts. I am a sucker for anybody who sells out trying to disrupt a three-pointer. Randall plays hard, nose-to-nose, end-to-end, does it all, running the offense, scoring points, doing it efficiently. I'm taking Julius Randall. Julius Randall deserves to be an all-star. You know what? In the words of Chad Millman, I'm convinced. Chad Millman? Is proud of himself. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> Let's go. Brandon. Brandon winds up with. Uh, we'll put Dame at point. So Dame, Luca, Middleton, Durant, and Jokic. So yours is like shooting, 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 shooting. Um, is basically it. And like Luca, I Luca and Jokic basically creating. Although I will tell you, like you. Brandon, you would have a hard time, honestly, with that team because KD's not going to let Jokic run points. So Jokic is just going to be there. Like, KD's going to want to do everything. So I actually don't think that your team is going to be that great because they're going to be like, like, it, it's a, there's too many cooks in that kitchen. You got too many cooks. And I think KD's, uh, KD would want to do everything. Um, and Jokic just kind of fades to the corner, which means that you don't really have, like, you're not getting anything from Jokic. Uh, Luca and Dame are going to be fighting over who's got the ball. And then Chris Middleton is just kind of like sitting there waiting to shoot threes. So. I mean, and Dame, Dame and Steph are going to get abused defensively. Uh, again, I don't want to hear about defense in an all-star game. Uh, that's not a thing that we're going to. I mean, the, the last five minutes, the last five minutes, it gets serious. Is a thing. Okay. the la- You're going to win the last five minutes, Raheem, because you've got running, <laughs> running point, I guess is LeBron. Uh, so LeBron Beal at shooting guard, Paul George, Kawhi, and Anthony Davis. Um, I will tell you this: you can feel all you you can feel good all you want, but I'm giving the ball to Embiid versus Davis and Embiid, and you know what's going to happen. You're playing four on five the rest of the game because we're not doing reserves, and you know Anthony Davis is going to be questionable to return. You're I can't even argue with that. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> so that's absolutely going to happen. Uh, I've got Steph. I've got Zach Levine, <laughs> I've got Giannis, <laughs> I've got Julius Randle, and I've got Embiid. Uh, I got Straight Steph. out of the 90s. 
You knew we were drafting all-star teams, right? Basically, all I'm doing is Embiid's defending. He's just standing at the rim doing this, just hugging his hands over his head. And then I got Steph, Levine, and Giannis running in transition with Julius Randle as my trailer. Oh, man. (laughs) My team makes sense. My team makes sense and and would be the best. All right, that's going to wrap it up, our all-star draft. Uh, We're going to move on to our next segment, and we're going to go back to the future. Back to the future. It's time to go back to the future where we talk about future bets that we wish that we had made in the past. We could travel back in that DeLorean back to a sweeter time and take a bet. Uh, I will kick off this week because I never do these kick off these things. And I will start with saying that I wish I'd taken the jazz to win the Northwest division. So obviously after the big game, uh, they beat the Celtics running away from them late in the game on Monday night uh, or on Tuesday night, rather really impressive performance, best record in the league, best start in jazz history. Usually when that happens, I'm always kind of like, okay, well, you know, you're the wolves or whoever. And I'm like, your history is not very long and it's not very good, but like the jazz have been around forever. They have a long outstanding history that goes back to even to the New Orleans days. This team obviously had the Carl Malone era, but they've been good consistently. Like this team has always been competitive. They've always been good. So to start off with that kind of a record, I think is incredible. The question is, should I want to have gotten a division bet or should I have wanted to get their over on win total, uh, which is obviously a much easier one, or should I have wanted to take them to win the Western conference? Is there value there? I still kind of maintain that I don't believe that this team won. I'm getting a lot of flack for this on, on Twitter. And I don't understand why I'm worried about them peaking too early guys. Like this is a thing. Mm. The Atlanta Hawks peaked too early in 2015. The Indiana Pacers peaked too early in 2014. The Denver Nuggets peaked too early in 2019. We see this consistently over and over again, where a team is at the top of their conference or the league, and they just cannot maintain I love this jazz team. How can you not? They have shooting, they have mm. defense, they have elite rim protection. They've got a superstar in Donovan Mitchell. They can run pick and roll with four different dudes. They can run pick and roll with Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovich, and Ingles. And you've got favors if you want to mix up the coverage and with, with Gobert. But in the playoffs, I still feel like it'll get harder for their shooters to knock down shots because teams will will close out on them harder and switch a lot more. And I think, honestly, that Gobert's still going to have the problem of his not able to be as effective because he's not an elite like perimeter guy. But if I could get anything, I do think they're going to win the Northwest Division. Denver's roster is just simply not good enough, I don't think, to hang. Portland is too banged up, and their roster's not very good even to begin with. There's nobody else in that division that's going to be even a serious threat. To me, the, the best value on return for the, if you're looking back at the Jazz, and you could still get it, is division odds for the Jazz to win the Northwest. What do you guys think? Um, I have to push back on the whole peaking too early thing okay. because, I mean, you know, both of those teams ran into LeBron James in the Eagles. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but here's the problem is, like, mm-hmm. I don't think LeBron was just I- impossible to beat. Now, the 2015 Hawks didn't, remember. They ran into the Cavs. So yeah, they ran into the Cavs, That was yeah. the first year of the Cavs. The Pacers, sure, but if we remember, the Pacers were, like, this, this close to beating them in 2013. That's true. 
like the buzzer beater, the broken coverage with Hibbert not out there, like a bunch of stuff went against that Pacers team. The season after, though, in 2014, that's when they started to have chemistry issues. Like the second half of the season, they just looked like they did not want to play. I, I do remember that. I, yeah. I think it, I think it was like they played the Clippers and then just never were the same. Like, yeah, I, I remember. And like nothing was the same afterwards. And then with the Hawks, a lot of it was honestly like they were injured. Like they were so banged up. If you remember, Del Vadova hurt Kyle Korver in that series. That was a big, yeah. big turning point. <laughs> they got swept, so everyone just doesn't take them seriously. But I'm like, if that if the Hawks had played the Cavs even in a playoff series in like. February or March, it looks different, but this is and they actually problems. they beat them. I, I remember like during the regular season they beat them a couple of times. So yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, this is the thing. And like, even if you want to say like LeBron would have won because like LeBron's LeBron, I hear you. But it would have been more competitive at least. They would have been able to make a serious run rather than getting swept out. And they're not the only teams. We're just looking at the teams that were like leading the league in, in whatever. We've seen a lot of teams get off to really good starts, but you just have to maintain it. The season is so damn long. It's six months of the regular season. And trying yeah. to maintain this pace and that energy the whole way, it gets really exhausting, especially when you become the hunted. Um, Brandon, do you have a Back to the Future this week? I do. Just to comment on that, I wonder if on the Jazz Back to the Future, I wonder if maybe Quinn Snyder, Coach of the Year, might have Ooh. been an interesting play. Yeah. Especially if they stay as a one or two seed. Even now, I don't I don't have the odds on that up, but I wonder if that might even be a play now. If they, if they beat out one or both L.A. teams for the record, and especially the Jazz were interesting in this All-Star exercise that we did because I'm really curious how many Jazz and which Jazz players will end up on the All-Star team. They don't quite have the top of the league superstar like the other top of the league all-stars. I think Mitchell and or Gobert probably end up there. But when there's not the one superstar player to give some award to, maybe that's Gobert for defense. But I wonder if Snyder could, could be an interesting coach of the year play. My future, what I would play, and I think there's still some value there, is I'm keeping an eye on Joel Embiid for Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, okay. I do not think Joel Embiid is the best or the most deserving Defensive Player of the Year right now. I think it probably is either Gobert or maybe Miles Turner. I'm not sure that I see Indiana's defense stacking up with the very top ones in the league enough to get Turner enough support. I know we we love the block numbers, I just don't know if I can really see Turner winning that award when there are other very strong candidates. I think right now, Gobert would probably be the pick. I think that's the good way. You know, when when there's a team as good as the Jazz, we look for some award to recognize them with. And I think Gobert as Defensive Player of the Year is a way to do that. My angle on Embiid is kind of the same angle. My angle is that the Jazz fall back a little bit into the pack just over the course of the season. I think that Embiid is not my pick for MVP, but he's going to continue to be very strong. And I wonder if he could get the Defensive Player of the Year award as something of a career achievement. He's always been very awesome on defense as an awesome defender anyways, clearly like top five in the league at least. And maybe even as a bit of like consolation for, well, we're going to give the MVP to LeBron or whoever it ends up being. It wasn't quite Joel Embiid. Maybe he didn't play enough games, whatever it is. But what about giving him an award for his defense? He's plus 1,000 right now on BetMGM. So I think there's still some value there. But uh, I, I think that that's an interesting futures play. He's actually – I got FanDuel up. He's at plus 1,300 on wow. FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, Gobert's plus 210. I mean, 
I think Gobert is the easy one because I think that a lot of others won't take this seriously and they'll just be like, oh, it's Rudy because Rudy's really good and it's Rudy because look at the Jazz and Rudy and it's, that's crap. It's not Rudy Gobert at all. He can't defend on the perimeter. His switch numbers are poor. Like there's just a lot of indications that Rudy Gobert is a really elite rim protector and that's it. Versus Turner, you can switch, you can hedge, you can blitz, you can do all this stuff with. I, I'm going to lose money on the defensive player of the year because I know I'm going to wind up betting Turner because I think he's the best and no, like just could be Gobert. Like the mm-hmm. the voting on this is is uh, is usually it's like it's more in, it's more infuriating than MVP because the work doesn't go into it. You have to really do work in order to get it, and a lot of it is like the coaches are just if you ask the coaches, they're just going to be like, mm-hmm. it's probably Rudy. Like we can't drive on him. Like my guards don't want to drive on him, so it's Rudy. But if we're actually talking about ability, it's I I would want Miles Turner at plus three fifty. You know, I always found it hilarious that I, I've never seen a defensive player of the year get abused the way Rudy does against Jokic. <laughs> yep. Like, does anybody watch the Nuggets versus the Jazz? Like, he always gets abused. So how can he be the defensive player of the year? Like, it's just, I don't know. Because he, he's able to play drop coverage better than just about anybody. I will say this, like, Gobert is literally probably the best drop coverage defender in the league. His main, his, the way that he maintains spacing being able to contest with his length when that guard comes off that screen to bother them on even floaters and be able to maintain space to prevent the lob. Now, like his size is part of this, but he's also nimble as all hell. But you also, the big thing is like, you got guys that are as nimble and as big as Gobert, but they don't understand how to maintain that spacing. And he's got Mm -hmm. such good awareness of those kind of things. And that's what makes him really great. Um, He's a great defender. I just, for me in the NBA today, I want a guy that can switch, that can drop, mm-hmm. that can challenge on the weak side. That's a great rebounder. Rudy's a great rebounder. I want the, a guy that can do everything. I think versatility is the name of the game. That's why I think Miles Turner is still defensive player of the year. Raheem, do you have a future you want to go back to? Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about um, rewarding this jazz team. And I think the value was there at the start of the year. I mean, it's, I mean, it's probably like if you, you want to double your money, it's probably still some value now. But I'm going with Jordan Clarkson, um, six-man of the year. Like, I think all the signs were there. You know, in the playoffs last year, he averaged 16, um, two assists, and three rebounds in 28 minutes. And I think, you know, six-man of the year is just instant offense, and he's providing that. You know, he's scoring 17.5 points per game. He's um, shooting almost 46% from the field, almost 40% from three. I mean, this Jazz team is just – I mean, they're rolling, and – I think if anyone saw how good this Jazz team w- was, the value was there at plus 700 to start the year. Um, so I think that was the best one on the board that was just kind of like a gimme because I don't really see much competition for him. I mean, there's Eric Gordon, who's already won. Um, Chris, Chris Boucher has been solid, but he's fallen off. Gordon Dra- Dragic has been solid, but, I mean, it's just no – like, to me, he's the odds-on favorite. He's 165 right now. Um and, you know, a lot of times we tend to look for the higher payout bets. But if you tell me that you could almost double your money in, you know, six months for an investment, I think most people would take it. Um, and so I think there's still some value um, from that standpoint. I mean, I want to pay 165 on FanDuel, I'll shop. But I, I'm with you. I don't think anybody's going to challenge. I think because it, this is another award that's just voted on in a really dumb way. Um, yeah, it's not that Clarkson's not deserving. He's been great. Like his defense is better. He doesn't take as many terrible shots. Like Clarkson's mm-hmm. made so many improvements to his game. He's going to be completely deserving. 
it does annoy me that basically the the vote comes down to uh, who's leads the league in scoring off the bench. Oh, that guy! Like that's just, yeah. that's all that matters is if you score points off the bench for a winning team, you're a six man of the year. Congratulations. You want to know who I actually think is the is the six man of the year? I think it's Patty Mills. The Spurs bench is insane. Mm. Like the Spurs like bench, that. and this is like the fourth year running where if yeah. you come off the bench, your plus minus numbers are incredible. DeMar DeRozan is a negative player until he plays with Patty Mills, and it's a positive. The only player that Mills can't bring up is LaMarcus Aldridge. I got a big thing on the Spurs coming out today, by the way, on Action Network. Lot, lot of stuff on that. That's nice game. Was bru- that, that was one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. That's sec- like, I mean, they could not score. Yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. So um, that's going to wrap up Back to the Future. I do, however, have a question for you guys. Am I taking crazy pills? And now, am I taking crazy pills? With Matt Moore. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Why won't Bradley Beal piss or get off the pot? I reported, okay, last week, uh, about 10 days mm-hmm. ago, I reported that league insiders feel that Beal does not want to get traded during a COVID season, which I totally understand. That's his right. Uh, they're happy to keep him. I get it. Every single time that they lose, like they're playing better, but they get, they have a bad game two games ago and he comes out and he says like, we're just getting run over. We got to stop getting run over. And then there's another gif of him like laying on the ground, like looking like he's in agony. Bradley, like you're either there or you're not. I'm fine with either. If you want out, request the trade. And we will, trust me, the league will get you out of there. If he requests the trade, the Wizards are going to move him. They're not going to fight it. They're going to be like, all right, Bradley's done. Bradley's done what he's asked. Like, he took the money. And even, even after taking the money, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm fine with it. This Wizards team is bad enough that I'm okay with that. But you've got to make that decision and go all the way in. You cannot be half-assing this thing. Either you're there or you're not. Am I taking crazy pills? You're not taking crazy pills. I I fully agree. And I would add, too, what are the Washington Wizards doing here? Shouldn't, whether Beal is requesting the trade or not, isn't it time for Washington also to turn the page? The price on Beal is going to be there for some length, but as the as the contract runs down, they're just going to potentially lose value on what they'd be getting. That might not be true the way that we're trading like every pick in the world for guys now. Maybe that package will just always be there for Beal. But if I'm Washington, Beal can really only help this roster be just good enough to not get a top pick this year. Maybe not even that as it's turning out right now. We still got Westbrook, so we're going to lose plenty. But if I'm Washington, whether Beal is telling me trade me or not, the body language says plenty anyway. But if I'm Washington, why am I not just looking to to turn the page? And Beal is clearly not part of the long-term plans. I don't care what he says. You can read it all over his body language and everything that we're seeing. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been like, smoke coming out for weeks out of the Washington camp. So I, I do not see any crazy pills here. I think it's time. All right. Let's uh let's go to our Wednesday night best bets. Mm. Dig in. Certainly does look delicious. It's the Wednesday NBA buffet. Chew and swallow. No savoring. Uh Raheem, what's your best bet for Wednesday night? I had three, but I'm going I'm gonna go with this one. I'm gonna go with the Toronto Raptors, Washington Wizards. Over 232 and a half. Um, I think, you know, you can't make these totals um, high enough on these Wizards games. I mean, the Wizards have been struggling offensively over the last couple games. They haven't scored 
you know, 103 games. But when I look at this Raptors team, they're rolling, um, especially if Norman Powell's in the lineup. I mean, without Ananobi on the floor, the Raptors are 7.7 points worse defensively. But offensively, I mean, Norman Powell's been putting up 22 points, um, shooting 50, um, 50% from three. I mean, this offense right now, I mean, <laughs> right now they're scoring 114 points per 100 possessions for the season. But over the past two weeks, they're scoring 121 points per 100 possessions. The only teams that have been better during that time frame are the Bucks, the Nets, the Jazz, the Pelicans, and the Clippers, which are basically the, off- the best offenses in the league. Um, you know, during the six-game road trip, they're actually scoring 125 per 100. Um, I think they found something offensively. But at the same time, I think this Raptors team really isn't defending. And, you know, against the Washington team that's been, you know, struggling defensively, I think Washington can put up some points here. Also, you know, the, Was- the Wizards, are, they're playing the fastest pace in the league at 104 possessions. So, I mean, at 232, I think it's a little low. My line makes it 234. If you can get anything under 234 or 234, I think you have a good over here. Okay, 234 is what we got in the app currently. By the way, you should download our app. It's the, most, the, the best app in the world for tracking your bets. It has up-to-date information, all of our analysis. You're going to get the money percentages, bet percentages, all of that. So make sure to check that out. Um, I had a really hard time finding one on the slate, fellas. Like I had a really hard time finding one on the slate. I am, however, going to go reluctantly with the Cavaliers over 105 versus the Denver Nuggets. In uh, 16 games a season, leading the league, the Cavs have hit their over on their points total. Uh, Nuggets opponents have allowed uh, an over on points total in over half of their games. You have a banged up small Denver team without Gary Harris, without probably without Baco Campazzo, uh, without PJ Dozier. We saw that the you know they couldn't do anything versus Chris Middleton. They had problems with Sexland, which is Darius Garland and Colin Sexton last year. I love that nickname. <laughs> yeah, they had problems with Sexland last year. They'll probably have trouble with them tonight, even without Larry Nance. The over is probably a pretty good play here too because Nance is out. And that gives you the opportunity for Denver to put up a big number as well. The total is only 219. It has gone down. It opened 225. It's been bet down to 219. But I do think the Denver's defense, I think is I, I honestly think Cleveland's offense is being a little underrated here. And I think Denver's defense is being overrated here. The pace is a big factor, but I will go ahead and it's only 105. I'm taking Cavs over 105 for the night. Brandon, what's your best bet for the night? I'm betting it's a prop. It's a prop. You know, it is. So I'm sticking in mm-hmm. that game and I'm going to play Will Barton. And for some reason tonight, Will Barton's line for assists is still at 2.5. Wow. And Will Barton, mm. that's it only at FanDuel. It's at 3.5 elsewhere. Hopefully, it's still at 2.5 when you can play this. Now, I'm taking the over. It is at minus 164. If you don't play a lot of props, you might be turned turned off by that number because it looks like a lot of juice. It is a lot of juice. We've got this handy-dandy tool on the app that's an EV expected value calculator. If at 164, you need to hit this prop 62% of the time in order for that to, to be in your favor. So, Will Barton... If you've played fantasy basketball at all the last few years, you know that he gets these streaks sometimes where he just starts piling up the numbers. And he's on one of those right now. He's last four games, he's playing over 37 minutes a game. He's at 4.8 assists per game in that stretch. That's double the number here. Um, we're projecting him over four. I could see him easily go over that. Even if it's a bit of a blowout against Cleveland, 
I think that Barton's going to be the guy soaking up some of the minutes to keep them just kind of humming along. Um, yeah, we our app actually likes Barton's overs across the board, over points, over rebounds as well. At some apps, you can combine some of those. You can even do point, rebound, assess. But just that over 2.5 assess, I think that's a very strong play tonight. Love it. I'm going to be on it. Mm. Uh, one important thing to note there as somebody that covers the Nuggets locally here in Denver, uh, I will say this. Barton is force feeding MPJ a lot. And since MPJ is playing a lot of minutes and has to play a lot of minutes with the injuries to their uh, backcourt and their wings, they're, they're low on wing depth. They're low on guard depth right now because of injuries. That means that Barton and MPJ wind up sharing the floor quite a bit. And he is looking constantly for MPJ. Like it's a point of emphasis for him to try and get MPJ going. And obviously MPJ takes a lot of spot up shots. He hasn't shot well lately, but uh, you know, he's always a kind of a threat. I think to make buckets. So Love that play. That's great. That's going to wrap it up for the Action Network NBA podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Make sure to download our app. Stay tuned the rest of the week. Got college basketball, PGA, obviously. Getting you kept up to date with everything going on in betting. Baseball starting soon, maybe? We got NHL, all sorts of great stuff. Check out the Action Network. Download the app. And we'll see you guys again next time on the Action Network NBA podcast. We're finished talking.